0: Let's just stand right now, lift our hands to heaven. Father, this morning as we've come into this place, we've not come to seek any man, but we've come to seek your face. And I pray even as this place is an upper room this day, that every person's life shall be ignited with the fire of the Holy Ghost. That not one person will leave this building the same way they walked in these doors. But we see the impact even of this service Here this morning, to have far-reaching results, even unto eternity, we pray. From the littlest child to the oldest saint, set every heart ablaze. We see Pretoria shaken by your mighty hand. We see South Africa shaken by your mighty hand. And every plan of the wicked, even now, is being brought to naught. Pull the wheels off of Pharaoh's chariots. Wreak total havoc in the camp of the enemy. What the enemy has planned over this land shall not succeed it shall not succeed in the name of jesus but the church shall arise in great power in great signs and wonders and miracles and the plague shall be stayed from off the land and the glory of god shall flood this land from cape town to Bay bridge and every place in between father we just thank you for it let the rain of heaven come down here this morning let the fire of heaven fall let fresh oil be poured upon your people. Let the new wine of heaven be poured out. Let the river of heaven run through this place. Let the wind of heaven blow. And Father, cause lives to be changed for eternity. And out of the, even this service tonight, today shall come multitudes that shall come into the kingdom. And we give you praise. We give you honor and glory. For you alone are worthy to receive all glory and all honor and all praise. For, Lord, as we prayed for many, many years, Lord, I'm nothing, you're everything. Come, even now, and have your way in this place, in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And everyone said Amen. Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. I want you to take your Bibles, if you would, please, and go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 3. I want to read a verse of Scripture to you. That kind of bugged me in a way from when I was a little boy. I was raised in Pentecost. I gave my life to Jesus. I was five years old and was baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was eight. But reading the scripture, something always bothered me. Not that there was anything wrong with the scripture, but I was trying to correlate what I saw in the church with what I read on the page. I'm just a simple African boy. Many people don't know that. I was born in Port Elizabeth. 61, and God called me to America, so I became an American, but I'm still a South African, but I'm an African-American, so people don't know that. (laughs) God sent me as a missionary. I did not leave the country because I didn't want to be here. I went on an assignment, and my life is about an assignment. But this verse always bugged me, and I'll get to why. Let's look at verse 16. This is John the Baptist. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. Here's the thing that I love about John, that he was so plain about what his ministry was. John was not embarrassed by what he was called to do. John announced to everybody, he said, I'm a Baptist. (laughs) That's what he said. But one mightier than I cometh, the latched of his shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So who was he talking about? He was talking about Jesus. So John the Baptist said, I'm a Baptist, but there's coming a Pentecostal after me, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. He was talking about Jesus, the head of the church. When you read the book of Revelation, when John saw him on the Isle of Patmos, he said he has eyes as flames of fire. It is impossible to meet Jesus and be a nominal, lukewarm Christian it is impossible. Impossible. So John said, I baptize with water, but the one coming after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. So growing up in church, and I was in a Pentecostal church in Port in, uh, Elizabeth, and so as a kid, you watch everything going on, you know. People think children are stupid. They're not. They're watching everything. There were some words I didn't understand, but... I felt the power of the presence of God. I knew the Holy Ghost was there or not there. I knew when the preacher was in the pulpit and he was preaching under the anointing or he was just wah, wah. <laughs> There were times I'd leave the service and I'd say to my father, Daddy, that man, he didn't have anything, did he? And my dad said, no, son, unfortunately he didn't. And then there were other people, boy, when they preached, you could feel the fire of God shaking you in your seat. And even two, three, four, five days later, you still heard the words being played over and over in your spirit. What was the difference? The one had the fire, the other one didn't. Then there were three people in the church that if there was a smidgen of anointing in the place, they would manifest. It would always start with Brother Rabababanda on the side. That's the only word he had in tongues was Rabababanda, but boy, everybody was going to know that he was in the place. And he'd jump up, scare everybody. Rabababanda, you know. That would set off Sister Hikikikula <laughs> on, the, on the other side. And then it would jump to Sister Rukundu. Rukundu, Rukundu. <laughs> and you could set your clock by it. If there was any little bit of anointing. Rukundu. Hikikikula. Rukundu. But that's all they had. And you go as a kid, you're outside of the parking lot. Now, they were Babanding. Now they're fighting outside, 10 minutes after the service. And you think, now hold it. Weren't you just raccoon doing? And now you're fighting outside. Something doesn't work here. Something is wrong with this. It's Holy Ghost and fire. And probably where people went wrong is that people pushed tongues, that you must get tongues, but they never, people didn't receive power. So, in other words, there's a lot of people that speak in other tongues, but there's no power in the life. If all the power in the life was dynamite exploded, it would be not enough to blow their nose. <laughs> because he promised you power. You'll get a language of heaven, but what good is it if you have no power? God has given power to the church. John the Baptist was announcing that. And then you look at the coming of the ministry of Jesus. When he came, the Bible says he was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he come up out of the water, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. The Holy Spirit's not a dove, just so you know. Don't want to upset too many people here, but he's not a bird. The Holy Ghost is God. He's the omnipresent one, the omniscient one, the omnipotent one. He's everywhere. He knows everything and he's all powerful. And he's like a dove, but he's not a dove. And when he comes and he takes hold of your life, everybody's going to know that something happened in your life. Everyone will know. And so Jesus, the Bible says, the heavens opened, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. God spoke out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. him. From that moment of time, Jesus was then empowered or graced or equipped because from that moment, he then began to do the work that his father sent him to do. That resulted in three and a half years of earthly ministry, where the Bible says at the end of the Gospel of John, all these miracles that Jesus did and all the others that have written down, I do not even suppose the books of the world would be able to contain them. But for the first 30 years, Jesus didn't perform any miracles. People try to say that when he was a child, he made clay birds and waved his hand and they came to life. That's bogus. His parents never had a problem with him as a child because he kept practicing on doing miracles and and his mother would call him, Jesus, get back in the house. Stop walking on the the lake. Come inside. (laughs) (laughs) Never had a problem with him. Jesus, please, would you leave the water alone in the house? We really just want to drink water. We know that you've got to get ready for your ministry, but stop turning it to wine, please. <laughs> Jesus, please, would you leave the dog alone? The thing is old. You keep raising it from the dead. <laughs> we don't want. So he didn't do he didn't do any miracle till the appointed time. Sitting the example for us. That you and I, we come to him, we give our life to him, and he wants to save you. But he doesn't just want to save you. He wants to save you so that he can fill you, so that he can use you. God doesn't save you just so you can't come sit in church on Sunday morning. He comes to save you so he can fill you, so he can use you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Sunday should not be a raise me from the dead service. Somebody bring the jumper cables here. <laughs> let's help this brother. Say, pop, Papion. Huh? Come, let's jumpstart this brother. He's run out of power. How are you doing today? Ah, oh, you gotta help. You, you're, you're on permanent load shedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one day you got power, next day you got no power. One day the lights are on, next day it's nothing. God wants to make each person an independent power source of heaven. That it translates into your home, your marriage, your children, your grandchildren, your finances, your business, your work, your play. Every realm of your life. It's not just for church. So people live in two worlds. That's why they say, I can't wait to get back to another service. Because they've never brought the service inside of them. The meeting must come on the inside of you. Everywhere you go, you're going to have a meeting. They can wake you up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you get out of bed and you're ready. Amen. Amen. This is not just for some preachers. This is for every single believer. Some people, you meet them, when you hang around them for 15 minutes, you leave, you feel refreshed. Other people, you meet them for two minutes, you have to take a shower. They drain everything. You know, they, how many know what I'm talking about? You just, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. I need a vacation. Now everybody's just looking at me. <laughs> Jesus prepared his disciples for the time that he was going to go away. And you could see him teaching them about the Holy Spirit. The comforter's gonna come to you. I'm gonna send another comforter, even the Spirit of truth. He's with you now, but he's gonna be in you. That's another whole level when he comes in you. Somebody said, Well, the Lord is with you. Yeah, but he's in you. And he wants to live big on the inside of you. And he's going to wait on you. Somebody said, I'm waiting on the Lord. No, no, sorry. Ah, You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. God is waiting on you. Because God's already moved 2,000 years ago when Jesus went to Calvary. And God already moved when the wind of heaven blew on the day of Pentecost. And that same power is available for every single person in this place here today. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You don't have enough money to buy it. It's free. You have to humble yourself to receive it. Now, you can see it in the writings of John. In John's Gospel, chapter 4, it talks about the well of water springing up to everlasting life. So when you get saved, a well comes on the inside of you. Amen. In other words, you become a water supplier. Hello? Jesus answered, said to her, Whosoever drinks of the water that I, th- this water will thir- thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. The water that I shall give him shall be in him a well springing up to everlasting life. Everywhere we go in the world, we meet Christians where they had a well, but the wells blocked up, or the bucket is stolen. <laughs> There's no more water. A well is important, especially across Africa into remote areas and villages. A well can impact a whole village. How many remembers the old wells with a bucket that would go down? How many remember that? Who remembers the well when you had to pump it? Huh? You hit it and there's just air coming out. You have to prime the pump. That's what I do. I go around to churches just to get the wells going again. Just hot air coming out of the people. We're going to get the living water flowing again. Can you say amen? Amen. Because the enemy of life comes and blocks up the well. But Jesus comes and unblocks the well. And today, wells will be unblocked here today. And living water, living water, living water is going to flow again. Can you say amen? Amen. Then in John chapter 7, now, so you've got a well and then you have a river. A river is the most amazing thing because you, how many know if you have a well in your backyard, that's huge. But if you have a river in your backyard, that's next level. And think about the great rivers of the world. The mighty Mississippi, the Amazon River. And you can go on the great rivers of, of Europe, the Nile, the Zambezi. All, all of the Ganges. The Yangtze Kai Yang, the Wang Ho, these are Chinese rivers. A river impacts a whole nation. Could it be possible? First of all, there's all these wells sitting here today that we've got to get this living water flowing out of these wells here before the end of the service today. But could it be possible that sitting here today, there's some rivers that are sitting here. There are some people, listen, that could change the future of South Africa sitting in this room today. Don't just look at me in that tone of voice. One individual, one man, one woman, full of the fire of God can impact a nation. One person, one individual set ablaze. We can read the history books and we can say, oh, if only we could have lived back in those days. Well, I grew up in Pentecost. They were always talking about, if only we could have lived in Bible days. If only we could go back to the days of the apostles, the days of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If only we could live in the days of Elijah. (laughs) And then today, people sing, you know, these are the days of Elijah. But really, they're not. These are the days of you. You should actually sing, these are the days of Elisha, because Elisha had a double portion. Why would you want the single portion when you can have a double portion anyway? People sing anything these days. They're like muppet heads. They just, nah, 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 you know, and sing. What does God want to do with you? There are people down through the centuries and down through the years that have impacted whole regions of the world. You can either read history or you can let the fire of God come in you and you can write history. You, you are the one that makes the decision to say, Lord, here I am. Come touch me, change me. I don't care if my friends and family even recognize me. I don't care if I'm kicked out of places. I don't care if People don't even want to have anything to do with me. I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you. You come and touch me. Put your fire on me. Transform me. Change me. Set my heart ablaze. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost come on the inside of me. Do what you want to do. Will persecution come? Yes. Will criticism come? Yes. But you have to die to all of that. Somebody said, "Oh, you won't believe what they're saying about you." Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> we, I get. I've had so many things said about me over the years. The stuff they make up now. It's just made-up stuff. People Google me. They don't. Want, they Google me. We come to a city. They Google. We didn't even have that 30 years ago. They used to goggle. Now they Google. <laughs> and, and they Google. They go, um, oh, yeah, you coming in yet to do a meeting. We're not going to work with you. I said, "Why? Well, why? Well, you have the joy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you have that joy. Like it's, like the, like it's the plague. You have that joy. Well, thank God I don't have the depression. (laughs) I didn't ask the Lord for the joy. I didn't say, Lord, please, can you do something? Give us joy that happens in our meetings and that will create problems for me. (laughs) I just said, Lord, come do whatever you want to do. Joy's not going to kill you. We never had anybody die from an overdose of joy. (laughs) And this is not an amusement of the mind, it's an overflowing of the heart. The psalmist said, You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Somebody said, I don't have a cup. That was stolen at the last church I went to. (laughs) Today, God will give you a new cup, a brand new cup. And then he filled it to the top, to overflowing. And then it fell over the side of the cup into the saucer and spill over the saucer onto the tablecloth and mess the whole table and go onto the floor. I pray God mess everything up here for you today. Because Jesus comes and he restores to you the joy of your salvation. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. 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 So the devil's afraid of that. He's afraid. If, they, if these people get happy, we won't be able to stop them. If they get overjoyed, we, we're not going to be able to control them. A Dr. Richard Bentall of Liverpool University was at a medical symposium in England. And he gave a discourse on, uh, the f- of happiness and joy. And he said that happiness really should be classified as a mental disease. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. He said because happy people are not normal people. <laughs> he said happy people don't let things get to them like normal people happy people, things just bounce off of them and like a water off a duck's back. And he said, so happy people are not normal. Normal people should be able to get depressed and they should be up and down and, you know, should fluctuate all the time. But happy people, they're just like, happy? <laughs> and, uh, and he did a whole discourse on trying to classify happiness as a mental disorder. But then he came to the conclusion, he said he didn't think it would work because he said happy people would never come for help. you could just see the emergency room ambulances pulling up people come (laughs) somebody said what's wrong he's happy quickly rush him in get the doctors here happy people wouldn't come for help but the bible says the joy of the lord is your strength the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So there's a well of water springing up to everlasting life. But there's also out of your innermost being, look, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly, not out of his head. Need you copper it? Out of your belly. Put your hand on your belly. Now, I lost a lot of weight. My hand used to be out here. (laughs) But I often say the Lord kept me that big because I was carrying a big water supply. (laughs) Put your hand on your belly. Say this out of my innermost being, out of my innermost being, being, will flow flow rivers rivers of of living water. That's what God wants to do. We've got wells that are blocked up. And we've got rivers that the enemy's built a dam. We've got all these dams. I know it sounds terrible, but they damn Christians. (laughs) 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 It's time to take the dynamite and blow the wall and let the let the water begin to flow. Let the river of God begin to flow. Can you say amen? hallelujah hallelujah i feel the fire of the holy ghost in this place here today today is your day now you might think i'm wanting everybody here to get fire today i'm only believing 400 people no 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 hey I'm only believing for 100 people per city. So, somebody said, well, your expectation is low. No, on the day of Pentecost, there's only 120 people. So, the Lord said, run to 300 cities, believe me, for at least 100 in each city to catch fire." Pastors, evangelists, missionaries, business people, young children, teenagers, elderly. If, I don't care if you're under 120, you're eligible. <laughs> somebody said, what about 121? Let me think about it. Okay, we'll make room for you. Every single person being set ablaze. So I'm believing God for a hundred. Now more could catch fire. But that's not up to me. That's not even up to God. That's up to you. How hungry are you today? How thirsty are you today? Will you allow the Lord to come and to touch you and to change you and to fill you? He said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. 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 So when I see people, I see them either as a potential well or potential river. (laughs) And it doesn't matter if you're in overflow power of God will come right in and <coughs> touch you in the overflow. Don't write yourself out of the equation and say, well, I'm too old. We have a lady in America, in Massachusetts, a hundred years old. She's winning souls. She told me, Pastor, the only reason I'm here, she said, everybody I know is dead. <laughs> <laughs> she, even her kids are dead. All her children are dead. She said, the only reason, the only reason I'm still here, because God has me here to win souls. And she's on fire. And she, when you look at her, she... Kicked her feet in there, and she walks around at a hundred. She puts eighty-five-year-old people to shame. I mean, she's she puts forty-year-olds to shame. She's on fire. Says Brant. I'm telling you, she comes. She grabs a hold of me. She said she calls me I'm a teddy bear. <laughs> she says to my wife, you can thank God that I'm old. <laughs> she's, uh, uh, so, she's winning souls, you know, and. She causes trouble. She goes to churches and she walks down the aisle and grabs the mic. Well, no pastor's going to push an old lady away. She takes her the whole service and preaches and they don't know what to do with her because she doesn't shut up. She's on fire. Everywhere she goes, she's winning souls. So what happens to people that catch fire, the church treats them like they're crazy. You know, we we got that brother, you know, he loves God, but he's a little out there. Mm. (laughs) That sister, she loves all. She's a little strange. <laughs> I've never met anybody that's been used of God that wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to walk around here if you don't mind. I'm going to come downstairs here. I never stay on platforms. If you've got lights down here, that'd be great. <laughs> this lady right here in the pink, come here, sister, come here. Bring her. Bring her right here. Hallelujah. Stand right here. Lift your hands. Fire! On the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Just when you thought it was safe to go back to church. (laughs) The return of the Holy Rollers. Now, this is when people start getting nervous, when I start walking around. (laughs) Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. There's a river that God puts on the inside of each and every person, and what the enemy does is try to stop that. Who do you think you are? That was something that we had to face. Who do you think you are? And... What was so crazy, I didn't really think I was anything. I didn't actually go around thinking that I was anything. I was only just going around doing exactly what God told me to do. But people thought I was thinking that I was something. So they kept asking me who I thought I was. <laughs> I said, extra fact, I actually haven't given thought to that. <laughs> but I know who Jesus is. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 God uses ordinary people. The Bible says not many high and mighty are chosen. God takes the weak things of the world and the foolish of the world to confound the wise. So that no flesh should glory in his presence. The enemy talks people out. God will never use you because of this, this, that, that, that. The five things, the reasons why God will never use you. And when the Lord says, come here, I want to use you. And you go, Lord, there's these five things. And the Lord goes, oh, hold it. What was I thinking? Please sit down. <laughs> you, you think God doesn't know what five things are? Huh? you think God doesn't know everything he to know about you? But he says, come here, I'm going to use you. Come here, I'm going to put my power on you. Come here, I'm going to put my anointing on you. And when you go, you're going to go in my anointing, and you're going to go in my power. At the end of the day, you'll know that it's me, and you'll never be able to take the glory for yourself. You'll just always have to give me the glory, give me the praise, give me the honor. Are you with me? Because God uses ordinary people. People think if God uses somebody, there must be some super spiritual, someone that have attained to the, this height, spiritual stature. And meanwhile, God just takes ordinary people, simple people that would just believe Him and say, Lord, I trust you. And then you do what God tells you to do. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am still astounded every day at what the Lord does. From like from the very first time when God first began to move, to me, I'm still like a kid in the candy store. Like, look what the Lord just did. Sometimes I irritate ministers. being been around a long time because I'm so excited about what God's doing. I want to talk about what God's doing. And they go, uh, you know, aren't you over that by now? No, no, we're just getting started. We're just warming up. Amen. Because I believe that God's raising up an army of men and women in this hour that are going to see whole nations shaken by His mighty hand. Whole nations. Whole nations. This might sound strange to you today. What if I told you that there's enough firepower potential in this room and in the overflow and on this property to today to shake the whole of South Africa? It doesn't take that many people, it just takes people set on fire. And when the fire comes, it burns out all the dross. It burns out the fear of man. It burns out that which would intimidate you. It burns out that which will hold you back. To where you don't care what other people say. They can write things. They can publish things. They can lie about you. They can make up stuff. They did the same thing about Jesus. They said he cast out devils by the devil. Jesus said, if I cast out devils by the devil, who do you cast out devils by? A house divided against itself cannot stand. A servant is not greater than his master. So don't think you're going to get a free run up the side if you're going to be a nominal believer you'll still get criticized because when islam comes or any of the other religions come but especially in the case of islam there is no place for anything else are you with me somebody said yeah but i'm not like those crazy pentecostals over there we just believe in salvation you did it because that's how that thing works. So you're either gonna be an on fire believer, you're either gonna be full of the Holy Ghost or you're gonna be a compromise and you're gonna go around and try to get your life to be extended or accepted. Jesus said, if you love your life, you're gonna lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake and the gospel, you will find it. Are you with me? And God is raising up a radical group of people in this hour that have the fire of God that are going to go from city to city, nation to nation, and see whole nations shaken. Could it be possible that there's a group of people here in this room here today that the Lord will use? And we go into places, I go to Bahrain, I preach in Doha, Qatar, in a country with this total total Sharia law. I preach radical bold, mobilize the people for souls. It doesn't matter where we are. We just got back from Mongolia, a a total Buddhist nation was welcomed by the Mongolian government. they put on a state bank for, for my wife and myself. I preach, listen, people are hungry for God. I don't go there, I don't attack their gods. I don't mention anything about it. I talk about Jesus, we lift up Jesus. When you lift up Jesus, the Holy Ghost comes. The fire of God comes. People are looking for something that's real. In America, we go from city to city. Into the inner cities where the gangs are fighting each other. The police don't even want to go. We go right in the middle of the inner cities. And people are coming to know Jesus and getting saved and getting set free. And the power of the enemy is being broken. Because the gospel will work anyway. You don't have to change it to suit a culture because the gospel's got nothing to do with culture. It's got to do with the human heart. And now, by the grace of God, in 83 countries of the world, I can remember sitting as a boy because we moved into the Transcar when the Transcar was an independent country. I, we, I had the, Matanzama was our president. We were singing Korsi Sekilele in the 70s before you even sang it. I lived in the Transco. Transcar, Butterworth, Transcar.. <laughs> OK. As a boy, I collected stamps. at stamps of all these countries, I'd hold the stamps, and I'd think, I wonder if I'll ever get there, because I felt this call, this call of God. I knew God had called me as a missionary. I knew God had called me to America. As five years old, I would take my teddy bears, I would line them up, I would preach to the bears. My brother was three and we'd be holding a service with the bears. We would take them to the bathroom, we'd take the tub, we'd fill the tub. We would baptize the bears in water. This is back in the 60s. The bears were not made for that kind of abuse. Some of the bears were three baptism maximum bears. We fed them communion and they had juice stains down the front of them. And you know, you baptize them long enough I mean, the eyes stopped coming off. The ear fell off. But now we had to have a miracle service because the bear was blind and this bear was deaf. And then my mother sewed the eye back on, sewed the ear back on. Now we had a testimony service of what great things that the Lord had done. And at five years old, I would preach for the bears, hand the service to my little brother, climb out the window and go in the backyard to preach in America. I felt this call; God would send me there. God would send me to the nation. I didn't know that (laughs) I would go there 31 years ago, land in the country with $300, and then '89 that a revival would break out. And just two years ago, I got to lay hands on the president of the United States in the Oval Office and pray the fire of God on his life. Listen. (laughs) It's impossible. It is impossible in the natural to even orchestrate anything like that. But what's God going to do with you? What's the Lord? I don't care what society has told you. I don't care where you find yourself, education-wise, economic-wise. It doesn't matter. It's the fire of God that will propel you. It's the fire of God that will move you. It's the fire of God that will transition you out of where you are right now into what God has for your life. We live in Florida where there's the Kennedy Space Center. Rockets go up all the time. Not one rocket leaves without fire under it. It takes fire to break the gravitational and pull of the earth. It takes fire to break the gravitational and pull of sin. And when the fire of God comes on you, you'll forget about impressing everybody. You'll forget about being liked and being accepted. And you'll say, God, I'll do exactly what you tell me to do. And if it means the end of my life, then so be it. But I will obey I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll be what you want me to be. Not my will, but thine be done. And the fire of God will come and burn all of that out of you. And He makes you a vessel that He wants you to be. One of the pastors read from Smith Wigglesworth, he was a plumber who got the Holy Ghost on fire when he was 56 years old. He was illiterate. He couldn't read anything. He learned to read the Bible. And he got so busy preaching, he couldn't plumb anymore. <laughs> and then for 30 years, God used him to shake nations. So don't come tell me you're too old. God will get you wherever you are right now, whatever age you are right now. And even if you are getting up there in here. And your head, your hair is white with the frost of many winters. <laughs> God can cause the next three years to be like 30 years. If you would just let the fire of God come on you today. Everybody say this after me. Say the well. The well. Say the river. the river. Come here, sister. Don't bring her back here. She's not finished. Come here. Come here. Bring her here. Bring, help her, ushers, help her quickly. Come here, sister, come here, bring it, bring her. Pick up, pick up, pick up. Bring her. Come here, sister. Where are you from? Uh, look at me, where, where are you from? Hmm? Look at me. Where are you from? Where are you from? Are you from? Huh? That's wonderful. (laughs) Who who knows her? Where's she from? From here. What what does she do? I know. But what does she do? Come here, tell me about her. Huh? Tell me. You know her. Yes, She's she my mother. Your mother. <laughs> 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 what if do, what does she do? Huh?
1: <laughs> I can't hear you. She's a qualified teacher. A qualified teacher. <laughs>
0: She's retired. Okay. Well, look at me. So you <laughs> might be you might be retired, but even now you're being refired. <laughs> and, god is going to use you in a powerful way even that which he placed in your heart many years ago you're going to see it come to pass and there's going to be acceleration and the next three years is the wind of heaven that's going to blow through your life and your daughter as well hallelujah glory to god hallelujah of this uh, (laughs) two down 98 to go (laughs) 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 hallelujah 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 glory to God now I know this messes up church I know there's people going, what a scandal. <laughs> and the crack. The mensen leerden daar op die flu. So, this is the thing that's got me into trouble all the years. (laughs) (sighs) It's good. It's like jumping into a swimming pool on a very hot day, it's refreshing.
2: (laughs)
1: I <laughs> <laughs>
0: Talk to the daughter. <laughs> Pick her up. What do you do? Look at me. What do you do? I work at, am uh, a case agent at, at in insurance. Oh, you're case agent in insurance? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, God's going to put you on some other cases <laughs> for heavenly assurance. Ooh. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a a happy word. You can't say hallelujah and be depressed. Just try to say it. Hallelujah. One preacher said to me, you say hallelujah too many times in your services. I said hallelujah. seeds come open, bring them from the overflow. <laughs> Remember, three things. Everybody say three, three things. <laughs> now let's go to the book of Acts, chapter 1. Acts, chapter 1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments of the apostles whom he had chosen now watch this. This is very powerful. To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Everybody say infallible proofs. Amen. Being seen of them 40 days. So look at me. When Jesus rose from the dead, he didn't just leave the earth. He hung around for 40 days. If I come stay in your house, after 35 days you're going to be calling your friends going, He's still here? 40 days is a long time to stay around and show yourself alive with the many infallible proofs. One of them, they were in a lock room, they were praying, and Jesus came through the wall. As I always tell people, I'm from Africa. If I'm in a lock room praying and somebody comes through the wall, I'm going through the wall, that's side. <laughs> the other time, they were coming in the boat, and Jesus had a miracle catch actually a miracle cooking bread on on the grill, and they brought the fish, and it was supernatural. So there was many supernatural things that he showed himself alive. For 40 days, when I get to heaven, I'm going to pull the record and watch it all. Some said, why? Because I'm inquisitive. I want to see what he did. Just because I can. we go got eternity. Who's worried about how long that will take? <laughs> but here's what Jesus said. Being assembled with them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith you've heard of me. So Jesus was telling them, you're not going to leave here without this. One more thing, because they got saved when he met them after the resurrection, when he breathed on them and said, receive me the Holy Spirit. That's when they were saved. They were not saved in the upper room. The upper room was where they were empowered. Are you with me? And if salvation was the only thing they were supposed to do, Jesus would have said to them, everything that you need is already done for you now. Just go do what I've told you to do. But he didn't. He said, you will not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which saith you've heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So you shall receive power, verse 8 after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, or you could read it this way, you shall receive infallible proof. You will receive infallible proof after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses or demonstrators unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and all the way to Pretoria. And then he left. He left on a cloud. Since then, everybody's trying to get on the cloud. (laughs) You know, Adam and Eve used the first Apple product. (laughs) But by the time Moses came, he broke the tablets, he was so upset with them. (laughs) Jesus leaves on a cloud. The angels announced that the same Jesus, as you see him go, he's coming again. How many feel in your spirit that we are closer now to the coming of Jesus than ever before? How many feel that? It's like, it's almost like there's an urgency in, in our spirits. The Lord said to me, run to 300 cities one night. Obviously, we're in the morning here, but because this is unusual. We don't do Sunday mornings because we can't fit into a 60-minute or 90-minute service. So it's impossible what we do. So we let them do that and we just do the nights. Amen. Some people are like false teeth, they come out at night. But. (laughs) (laughs) So Jesus tells them to go and tarry at Jerusalem. So personally, think about it as. The greatest event after the cross, which at the cross there was not many people there. Everybody had left. Even Peter denied him. Today people reenact the crucifixion. Big Easter things in America especially. They have wires in the church. Angels flying across the building. I mean, it's crazy what they do. Live camels on the platform. It's, it's huge production. Thousands come. At the actual event, nobody was there. And then the day of Pentecost, only 120, that was it. Thousands followed Jesus' ministry, but only 120. Why? Why was there only 120? Where where was everybody? Well, let me tell you, they did not know that when Jesus said to them, go and tarry at Jerusalem, they didn't know they were going to have to wait for 10 days. So personally, I believe that more than 120 went to the upper room, but as the days went by, it whittled it down. People left. People there for one day. I mean, when's he coming? What does he even look like? Do we even know what the Holy Spirit looks like? Jesus never said what he looks like. I mean, if you tell somebody to go wait for somebody, you tell them when they're coming, what time they're coming, and what they look like. Isn't that right? They didn't know anything. He just said, go tarry at Jerusalem. So one day goes by, somebody leaves. Two days go by, more people leave. Three days go by, people start leaving. Four days go by, people leave. Five days go by, you know, start leaving. Six days, uh, I can't wait any longer. Seven days, uh, take off. Eight days, nine days. Imagine being people that left the upper room on the ninth evening. You waited for nine days. the ninth evening, you, you look at your friend And you say, I can't wait anymore. I, really, seriously, I don't think he's coming. And I can't wait another day. And besides that, I have a special appointment tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. I made a deal with a camel dealership. I'm trading in my one hump camel (laughs) for two hump camel. Remember my one hump? He blew out his back right hoof. (laughs) And I'm trading in for the two hump camel. We get better mileage. And his friend goes, I understand. He said, if I don't take this opportunity, I'm going to lose the slot. And this is a special genetic camel. I'll have to wait six more months. I said, look, I understand. And then the friend says, I have to leave too. My mother in laws coming in tomorrow. <laughs> and last time she stayed for like a year. Only God knows how long she's coming now. <laughs> so they leave. Then I often thought, imagine being the people that left on the morning of the day of Pentecost. Imagine being the people that left the room at five minutes to nine o'clock. You left the room at five to nine because you went to the toilet. (laughs) I'm convinced that when Jesus comes, many people will be on the toilet. Fortunately, you get new clothes, so nobody will be embarrassed. But there's always an excuse why somebody has to go somewhere else. I can't come to the healing service, I'm sick. I can't come to the revival meeting, I'm just too depressed. There's always a reason. And so... At 8.59, number 121 left the room. And then, boom, suddenly, it was the number of 120. And the Bible says in verse 1 of Acts 2, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there were one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. (laughs) Suddenly. Suddenly. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. They paid on them cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And of course, it was noised abroad. Whenever God moves, it gets noised abroad. And the multitude were confounded because they heard them speak. In their languages. They were not speaking a natural language. They were speaking a heavenly language. But the people understood them in their natural language. Remember that. This is not a learned language. This is a heavenly language. And verse 12 says. And they were all amazed and went out saying one to another. What meaneth this? What does this mean? Others mocking said. They mean, These men are full of new wine. But if you looked at the, at the two here. If you looked at the two here. It looked like. It's <laughs> drunk. Seriously. She came walking by staggering, your daughter. She was staggering over there. And you, now watched you make it up there. Yet how come in churches where they say they have the Holy Spirit, you don't see people that you think they're drunk? Hello? These men are full of new wine. Peter, Peter got up and said, Peter, what what is he preaching for? Excuse me, he denied Jesus three times. He's not authorized to preach. Peter, sit down and shut up. Thomas, you come preach. (laughs) Why did God let Peter preach? Because He wanted to show you the before and after picture. Before the Holy Spirit, you denied the Lord. After the Holy Ghost, you bold. Are you with me? Peter, standing up with the and lifted up his voice, said, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known, you hearken to my words. These are not drunken as you suppose. So just like verse 3, I mean verse 16 of, of chapter 3 of Luke concerned me, Holy Ghost and fire. This also bothered me because in church, I never saw people that I thought they were drunk. My mother, I saw her in the house. She was under the anointing filled with joy. Three and a half hours laughing under the anointing. I said to my dad, what's going on? He said, Jesus touching mom. (laughs) We sit around the table. My dad was an engineer. My mom ran several businesses. And we sit around the table on Sunday. My dad would start to pray over the food. And then the power of God hit him. My dad started prophesying. I know we're not eating. We're not going to (laughs) eat. My brother and I would bow our head and grab a roast potato (laughs) and just Because we were hungry. (laughs) Because my dad's under the anointing. He's going to prophesy. So I saw them under the influence. I saw them under the anointing. And you go to church and you see people like our dear precious lady and her daughter. And you watch what God's going to do with her. You watch what God's going to do with her. You watch what God's going to do wherever the daughter is. You watch. Get ready. Big things, dear sister. And you're guilty by association because <laughs> we got your mother and then we got you. And that's how it works. Before we move to step one, yeah, somebody said we only had one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm only looking for 100 people. And we've got people in overflow that need a seat. So anytime you want to leave, we're not holding anybody captive. Nobody's put super glue on your chair. When last did you have to get driven home from church? Because you were drunk (laughs) on the new wine of heaven. Are you listening to me? Somebody said, I didn't even know. It's in the Bible. I didn't make that up. He said, these are not drunk, as you suppose, but they were still drunk. Are you catching this here? These are not drunk as you suppose, but they were still drunk. But not as you suppose, but they were still drunk. Come back here, mama. Come back here. (laughs) Come back here. I have to use her as an example. Many people drink the, the vinegar of religion. That's why their faces are so long. They can eat pop out of the exhaust pipe of their car. Look at look at her. No, look. Look. We're not making this up. She is not drunk as you suppose. Come, bring her here. Come, sit over here. She's not drunk as you suppose. This is that. This is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is the solution for South Africa, right there. Here's the solution. If you're leaving, please tell the ushers so we can replace your seat, please. Usher's, please fill the empty seats. If this offends you today, you don't want to be there on the day of Pentecost. Because this is only a little snippet I know you say, well, Pastor, you want everybody to get like this. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: You see, never vain? It's the new wine. It's the new wine of heaven. It's the new wine of heaven. It comes from the grapes that have been freshly squeezed that come from the vineyards of God. One grape will carry you for the next three months. One grape. There's depression being broken off of people here right now. There's a heaven that's being broken off of people. There's a bondage being broken off of people right now. Supernaturally, you'll be sustained by the hand of God. Supernaturally. You see, if you don't want this, God will never force it on you. Never, never, never. The Holy Ghost only comes where He's wanted. If you're ashamed of the Holy Ghost, that's fine. He'll go somewhere else. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. God is looking for people that He can show Himself strong in their behalf. And you can tell the Lord, you don't have to look any further than right here where I am. Today, you can touch me, set me on fire he set your mama on fire. He'll set you on fire. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, people think I'm crazy. They already do. They already do. She's not drunk as you suppose. She's just filled with the Holy Ghost. There's some people going to have to be Ubered home. (laughs) Now, let me just say this, listen carefully. There's a purpose for the power of God. The upper room was never a place that you check in and never check out of. This is why revivals over the last 30 years have come to an end because people came to get touched, to get touched again, to get touched again. You get touched so you can go give out. You can't get more until you give out what you have. The only reason why we still have revival is because we keep giving away everything that we have. And if you hold on to what you got, it becomes stale. You don't have to keep a supply in a sense of, it's like the manna that, you know, he said, get fresh every day. And they didn't, they piled it up and then it became sour it's the same way. You give out what God's given to you. People say to me, so how do you keep yourself refreshed and you run all the time? Whose meetings do you go to? I said, do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm stupid? Duncan Duncan I I said, when the Holy Ghost is touching other people, I, I receive myself. In the meeting. I'm getting touched here right now myself. If you don't want it, I'm taking your portion. I'm I've learned I've learned how to drink on the job. I'm getting touched. Yeah, I'm so glad I came this morning. I'm getting touched. If you don't want it, it's fine. I'm taking it. I'm A drunk cameraman behind me. (laughs) This power is to empower you to do your assignment of what God's called you Not everybody's called to the ministry, but every single person here can win souls. Every single person in this room. The only thing you can take with you when you leave the earth is people. You can't take your house, your car, your diplomas, your certificates, your collectibles, or whatever you have. When you leave the earth, you leave with nothing. You came out of your mother's womb not carrying a briefcase with documents. <laughs> you came out with nothing and you shall leave the earth with nothing. But the only thing you could take with you is people. The power has come on you to do the works of Jesus and to plunder hell and populate heaven. Maybe your life has gone through tragedies. And situations, just like when I held my daughter in my arms and she passed away on Christmas Day, I made a vow of a hundred million souls. And we're on our way to get it. But I realized that I couldn't be the one that was the only person that could do it, that the way to get the hundred million was by mobilizing every believer in the, in the seats. And so that's why it's, it's, it's expanding, it's exploding, it, it, it's, it's, it's multiplying, it's mushrooming. And people coming out of this room here today, there's no telling what God's going to do with you. These people here, God's going to raise up in business and put billions of rands through your hands to fund the harvest. You're not going to have sticky fingers where it comes to you and stays with you. It's going to go for the eternal purpose of God. These people here, God's going to use you in government to bring about a transformation in this land. Get ready. There's There's assignments that God has for you in the Holy Ghost that nobody else can do except you. Where is she from? Sister, where are you from? She's my huh? She's my Your mother? Yeah. Where is she from? Um, she's from, Uganda. from? You again? Yeah, what does she do?
2: She's
0: a professor. A professor? Come here, professor. Bring, bring her here, come here. Pick her up, bring her. Bring the professor here. What in professor in what? entomology, a Ph.D.
1: <laughs> Fire! <laughs> yeah,
0: that's it. Yeah, that's it. The fire of God's falling all over this place right now. This young lady right here, come here, quickly, come. Come here. How old are you? Huh? Fifteen, what's your name? Lift your hands, Bianca. Fire From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. God's gonna use you. Raise you up to be a mighty woman of God. The anointing of God's coming upon you. The fire of the, the fire of the Holy Ghost. Are you sisters or friends? Come here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Where are you from? What do you do? I'm in school. Father, you're in the school. Many, many people come into the kingdom, I pray. In Jesus' name. See, everybody getting set on fire. For the assignment that God has for their life. Hallelujah. I want everybody to bow your heads, please. The first thing we do, we check our heart. God cannot come and fill something that's already full. When we come to him, we empty ourselves of ourselves. We say, Lord, come and fill us with you. Jesus, take full control of our life. You're the one that sets the whole thing in motion. You're the one that says, I'm not leaving this place the same way I came. Today is a day of transformation for my life. I don't want religion. I want a relationship with Jesus. I don't want something that's through another man I don't want my connection through some bishop or some apostle that's going to pray to God for me or hear God for me I want to have an intimate personal relationship with him myself I want to know him myself I want to know him the power of his resurrection And maybe you came here today, either in the building or in the overflow, but you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, come and be my Lord and Savior. Then today, that's the number one thing we need to do right now. We need to take care of business first. Get your heart ready so that he can fill you. God cannot fill it an unbeliever. You first give your life to him and then he comes to fill you. So it's about surrendering your life. What would happen if today was your last day on the earth and you went home and you laid your head on your pillow and breathed out your last breath? Where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't need to go to devil's hell because 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross, the price was paid and the blood was shed. And just like that old song said, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sin. Plunge plunged beneath their flood, Lose all their guilty stain. Today, the power of sin is going to be broken. The power of guilt and shame is going to be removed from your life. You might have walked in your one way, but you're going to leave another way. Today, He comes to touch you and change you, and you're never going to be the same again. Secondly, maybe you came to this place. You gave your life for the Lord in days gone by, but you've grown cold. You're not serving God like you should. You've allowed the things of the world to come in. You've lost your first love. You've lost that peace that you once had. There was a time in your life when you were on fire for God, but something happened. Maybe it's something hidden that no one could see. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man. But today he said, I will take out the stony heart and put in a heart of flesh. He said, a new spirit will I put within you. Will you let him come and do that? He will come today and do that. Maybe it's not hidden. Maybe it's something outward that everyone can see. Now the enemy uses against you to keep in a place of guilt and condemnation. You feel like God will never use you because of things that have transpired in your life over the years. But God is a God of a second chance. God is a God of a new beginning. If you would just come and humble yourself and say, Lord, please come, touch me one more time. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and transform me. And I promise you for the remainder of my days... I will be used of you, and I'm yours. I surrender today. Maybe it's not hidden or outward. Maybe it's a storm that came against your life, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that rocked your world. But today you say, Lord, I come. I'm coming back to you. It could be a minister or somebody that that, that was in your mind close to God that offended you, now you're mad at God because of Him. Don't let some idiot get between you and God. It's your relationship with Him, not through some other man. Jesus came so that you could have life. He sends people to minister into your life, but don't let them come between you and God. You have to have your own personal relationship with Jesus, which you can have today if you humble and say, Lord, come. And then lastly, if you're in this room, in the overflow, but you gave your life to the Lord, but you are not sure of your salvation. You have a constant doubt between your head and your heart, and you're not sure that you're saved, but today you want to make sure, you want to know that you know that you know that you're a child of God. If this is you and you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with and for you right where you are. Quickly, put your hand up and say, pray for me. All across this building, raise up high. I want every person with your hand in the air to stand right now. In the overflow, stand. Every person with your hand in the air stands. This is an upper room today. This is the first thing we're doing. Then there's two other things. They're not going to take long. Don't go anywhere. I want every person that's standing, I want you to make your way and come stand here. Mind the bodies on the floor. Fill up the aisles. Fill up the aisles. Fill up the altars. Come. Quickly come. Today is your day. Come. Jimmy. From the overflow, come from the main sanctuary. Come. He calls you today. Today is the day of freedom. Today is the day of liberty. Today he calls you. He calls you. If the ushers will pick the professor up and just make room, just stick on the front row. Help pick up what on the front row make room. room come just squeeze in a little closer make room for the others today is your day today is your day today is your day of freedom he calls you coming closer coming closer Coming closer. Coming closer. Come. of people, those that have come for the first time, those that have come to recommit your life, and those that have come to make sure. If you mean busy with God today, God means busy with you. We're going to pray together, and then I'm going to do something, which I've had the privilege of doing now around the world. I'm going to take you at the end of the prayer, and I'm going to put you in the hands of the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that carried me as a boy from the Eastern Cape, to 83 countries, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to carry you all the days of your life until the day that you see Jesus face to face, that not one person standing here will be missing on that day not one and that God is going to use you to bring with you as many people as possible that your eyes will be opened from today you're going to see people as Jesus sees them And your heart will be broken for the lost. You'll never see people the same way after today. And God's going to put a hunger for souls in your life. Your job is not just to come to church. Your job is to tell everybody everywhere you go about Jesus. Because a hundred years from now, what's going to count? All the things that bother you right now, a hundred years from now, going to mean nothing. Everything you worried about, even this next week, 100 years from today, you think, I don't even know what I was worried about. Because ultimately, in eternity, it means nothing. It means nothing. Some said, I don't even have a nice house here. He's preparing a mansion for you. He said, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. It doesn't matter about the stuff on the earth. If you put Jesus number one, if you make him number one in your life, listen, against all odds, the Lord carried me around the world. I shouldn't even be doing what I'm doing. I've had everybody trying to shut the door, lie about me, make up all kinds of stories, block me here, block me there. And I just, every day I get up and I just do exactly what it tells me to do. And they can't stop you. They're not going to stop you. There's nobody that could stop you from doing what God's called you to do. There's not a living being that could stop you from doing what God's called you to do. So let's pray right now. Close your eyes. Raise your right hand to heaven. Pray this after me. Say, Father, I come to you.
1: Father, I come to you.
0: In the precious name.
3: In the precious name.
0: Of your, son, Jesus.
3: of your son, Jesus. Lord,
0: you said in your word,
3: Lord, you said in your
0: word if, I confess, if I confess with my mouth, with my mouth Jesus, Jesus is, my Lord, is
3: my Lord and
0: my Savior, and, my Savior and, I in my heart, and I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead,
3: God has you from the dead I will be saved. I will be saved. So,
0: Father, right now, so Father, right I, now confess, I confess Jesus, Jesus is my Lord, is my Lord and, my and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Heart right Take, now. Out heart. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Heart of flesh. Wash, me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Change me. Change me. Fill, me. Fill me. Use me. Use me. Let me never be the same again.
3: I'll never be the same again.
0: I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on the world. I turn my back on sin. I turn my back on sin. And I follow you Lord Jesus. And I follow you Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you that on the third day you rose for me. Thank you on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. And
3: thank you that you're coming back again.
0: From this day on. From this day on. I'll never be
3: I'll never be. The, same again. the same again.
0: I confess, I confess. Jesus, Christ Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is, he is. My, Lord my Lord and my Savior. And, my Savior. and, right, now, and right now, by faith, by faith in, the work of the cross, in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, by the shed blood of Jesus I am saved. saved. Thank, you, Lord, Thank you, Lord, for saving me now. Now just lift both hands and thank Him. Let me pray over you, Father. I pray that you would seal everyone now by your blood and by your spirit. That on that day not one would be missing. Raise them up to be mighty men and women of God. And use them to impact this generation. That on that day as we stand before you, that every one of them will hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. And I pray that even now I break every curse. I break every bondage, I break every addiction, I break everything that would hinder them. I break it now by the power of the blood of Jesus. I pray a spiritual hunger upon them for the Word of God, for the things of the Spirit, for prayer, and I pray for Lord, braganjo Brocosta. For to Easter, for a fire for souls and the harvest to come upon every single one of them, that every one of these shall be mighty soul winners and will bring many souls into the kingdom. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, it's already happened, but we're going to pray for the fire. If you want the fire, stand wherever you are. If you don't want the fire, the service is finished now for you. You can leave. The service came to an end. I huh? huh? Okay, good. I'm just telling people, if there's anybody that doesn't want, Amen. Now, I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God. This is number two, the second thing we're going to do. Then the third thing, we're going to give you a strategy. It's not going to take long. This is what we do in 300 cities. This is 134. Get ready. Lift your hands. I'm going to pray the fire come on you. The fire is going to come upon your mouth to speak the word of God. The word is going to burn in you like a fire. Like the prophet of old said, it's just like a fire shut up in my bones. The the, the anointing's going to come upon your hands to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. The anointing's going to come on your eyes to see God's purpose and plan for your life. The anointing is going to come on your ears to hear heaven's plan. Now get ready. Father, I pray for the mighty baptism and the Holy Ghost and fire. Let the fire of God fall now on every vessel in the name of Jesus. Be filled now. Just speak it out. Let a river begin to run out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Just open your mouth and let that river begin to run. In the Nambroso, Bracandara mira Mirananombre, Berodia Stumbro, Parananambra Mangando, Pireso, Barrando Rica, Paranendori, Barrandora, Maranandare Camboro, Pira Mondoria Sorabaca, Erediander Reba Subriata. Peraniniandore, and ropo, Peraniniandare and Dora Capasso, Minani Dero, Minandoria Sora, Minandoria Sonora, Minanero, Minanoro Soriatero, Minanero Soriallero, Minianeria Moreri Soraya, Periando Soriato, like a river, 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 open your mouth, like a river, let a sound come out of your mouth. Let a sound come forth from you like a rushing mighty wind. Let a flow of heaven begin to come forth from your life. Parimo ribosa. Piramo rebosopa. Parada bababada boso. surya kapaya. Mirame soprapaya. Mirame soprapaya. Miramonda, Miramonda, Miramondro, Soko, Paranangaya, Miranero, Sirion, From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Dus die revier van God, dus punks de hele dus die, die vier van God, die salving van die heilige Geest. Drink, drink, drink van die nieuwe wijn. Some of you are too stuck up in your heads. You can't grab this with your head. You grab it with your heart. Your head, with all due respect, does not have the capacity. But your heart does. Your heart does. Fill him, Lord. Fill him with that joy. Fill him with that joy. Fill him with that joy, Lord. Fill him with that joy. Fill him with that joy. Now you hear the Lord saying there's people, yeah, that used to flow in the anointing, but persecution came and you backed off. But today, the Lord restores to you. And it'll be stronger than before. Can you bring me up? Bring me up. I need to ask you. Pick him up. Bring him on the platform. I want to talk to him. Pick him up. Bring him here. Stand here. Where are you from? What do you do? Um, I'm on my the Lord's anointing you for ministry. God's going to use you. That's his fire that's coming on you today. (laughs) Yeah. That's the fire of God. (laughs) That's the anointing of God on you. That's the anointing of the Holy Ghost on you, dear lady. Yeah. that's anointing of the Holy Ghost on you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many felt the fire of God come on you? Come on. Wave your hand at me. All right. So it's more than 120 here today. It's all going to translate differently for different ones because your assignment is different to mine. Are you with me? It's under the fire that God connects you with the heaven's assignment. Now listen to me. There's people here that things God spoke to you 20, 30 years ago that would come to pass. You haven't seen them come to pass, but they fall what's coming. And they will come to pass because God doesn't lie what he said. to the devet family everyone will carry a portion of what grandpa had and dad had i'm telling you it's not going to stop it's going to flow like multiple rivers coming out of a stream get ready each one different but it's all going to be heaven get ready amen hallelujah 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 Hallelujah. 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 Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. All right, so that's the second thing. Now, number three, we're gonna move to number three. I'm gonna ask you if you can go back to your seat. (laughs) Mind the body's on the floor. Go back to your seat. If Usher can help him. Everybody say souls. souls. The purpose of the power is for the lost. Somebody said, Yeah, but I'm a Bible teacher. The purpose of the power is for the lost. Even if you teach the Bible, you need to win souls. Somebody said, it is a prophet. Yeah, he is a prophet, and all, all is what you do, you're doing, you need it. Listen. <laughs> Even if you're a prophet, what good is your ministry if you're not winning souls? Don't, don't give me excuses. When I'm a pastor, even pastors to do the work of an evangelist, pastors do work of an evangelist, and everyone must be a soul winner, every single person a soul winner. What are you going to do when you get to heaven and you blutz up? You have nothing to show for your life on the earth. What do you tell Jesus. And don't tell me you can't talk because I'll get your cell and we'll look at your total talk time on your cell. (laughs) When you're excited about something, you talk about it. If you're excited about Jesus, you talk about it. Okay. So the Lord said to me, mobilize the people for the harvest. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to hand you a tool. This is not the only method for soul winning. Personally, I don't care what method you use. Somebody came to me, pastor, he said, I don't like your method of soul winning. I said, okay, fine. What method do you have? He said, we don't have a method. I said, I like my method. <laughs> That's stupid. That's like going to see a fisherman catching fish and you say, I don't like the way you catch fish. We've got to catch fish. We've got to win souls. I know everybody's trying to help the drunk people up. It's <laughs> they're not drunk as you suppose. Now... On our website, revival.com, under so many tools, we have all of the tools in many different languages. We have the script, we have the gospel survey, which they used in Paris, France. They led over 240,000 people to Jesus on the streets of Paris. So when you heard of the Paris shooting, everybody was hashtag pray for Paris. We weren't hashtag praying for Paris. We had a church in Paris. And they trained 200 churches and they were winning souls on the streets and they were there before the parachuting praying for those people. And they left a half an hour later, the place was shot up. Some of those people went to heaven because people were winning souls. And the same thing all across Europe, in Finland, in Spain, in Holland. Right now, we've got soul winners everywhere in Europe. They're winning souls on the streets. They're leading people to Jesus. So it's about mobilizing individuals. God will give you, you might have another method People reach into the business realm, other people reaching into governmental realms, other people are reaching into education. It, it, kids are being used in schools, teenagers are being used in high schools, others are being used in universities, and everybody's making it their daily passion to win souls. Retirement homes, hospitals, prisons, military bases, wherever people are. So after 99, when we finished the Madison Square Garden meeting, we went. And focused on the city of Tampa, we'd a one-mile radius, two, three, four, five, up to 12-mile radius around the church. We helped train 170 local churches around us to win souls. With some of the pastors that were a mile from us, couldn't understand why we're helping them win souls. And we said, have you ever heard about the kingdom? <laughs> you know, besides that, our church is packed. We've got no more room, and I only do one service on Sunday morning. Our service runs three, three and a half, four hours on Sunday morning. It's called the main event. When the, when the Blue Bulls play, they don't play five times in a day to accommodate the people. They play once. If you miss the match, you miss the match. We have one service on a Sunday morning, That is is it. If you missed it, you missed it. Somebody said, I'm in a hurry. Go find another place. You need a one-hour dry cleaning service? Go find another place. <laughs> That's not what we are. Are you with me? And you have church the way you want to have. I have church the way I want to have. I'm from Africa. We have church. <laughs> Amen. So, <clears throat> we have all night prayer meetings. Once a month, first Friday of every month, we pray from 6 o'clock and evening to 6 o'clock in the morning. 12 hours of praying in other tongues. Okay. We do that. We pray for South Africa every month. We pray we intercede for you. God's going to change and do a work in this land. But anyway, let me just say this. So we begin to mobilize people. We started mobilizing people into the schools. From 1999 to 2011, the crime rate in the city of Tampa dropped 67%. This is not our numbers. These are the numbers from the Tampa Police Department and the FBI. And they said, we don't understand because we didn't hire extra officers. But... Tampa is ranked number two demographic in the state of Florida in population-wise, number two. Okay, you know what that means? Miami's number one, Tampa's number two. We're ranked number two demographic population-wise. So the population, I mean the um, crime rate dropped 67%. From 2011 to the beginning of last year, the crime rate dropped another 11%. Pastor Eric and myself we met with the sheriff the new sheriff over the whole county and he told us five months ago He said everywhere i go i hear about the river church because you people are everywhere they are they're like bees and everybody's winning souls and they're radical they're on fire and he said the crime rate dropped last year another 11 percent he said we are ranked number 11 in the state of florida for crime and this should not be but when you knock on every door So you could do a one mile radius around this church and purpose to hit every house around this church in one mile over the next three years. Every school, every place of education, every place of business. And the fact that you ladies, you get your hair done, does the lady that that does your hair, does she she know Jesus? The person that does your nails, do they know Jesus? The the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, I mean, wherever you go, the person that fixes your car, Wherever you go, whoever you come into contact with, did you tell them about Jesus? The person at the coffee shop that makes your coffee, that knows what you want, have you stopped and taken a moment to tell them about Jesus? Because the fact is, is that many people will never come to church. They never, I don't care what you do, they're not going to come to church. But you have to go to them. Are you with me? In America, it was so bad. It's changing now. But 95% of the American church do not tell another person about Jesus. 95 They sing in the choir. They're in church on Sunday. But they, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you wouldn't even know they're Christian. And they tell nobody about Jesus. And they things like that. We have to tell. We have to open up our mouth. And God wants to use you. So... <clears throat> We've mapped out. We begin to focus on retirement homes. Now, let me tell you why. When we went 2007, 8, and 9, the Lord said to me, "Don't forget the seniors, because in America there's a there's an epidemic where families throw the elderly away. It's terrible. They just put them in a home and leave them. It's the most. Un- I, I don't even know how to say. I and I, I must just say I, I had the privilege of looking after my dad and mom until they went home to be with Jesus. My dad went home at 81. Mom was 90. I kept them in their house, I looked after them, and, and they, they went home with dignity. I can't I don't understand how people just throw their parents away. The Bible says, honor your father and mother, that it made me well with you, that you may live long on the earth. And that's the first step, the first Kabamba with promise. So we started to target retirement homes and senior living, assisted living homes everywhere. Out of that 1.1 million people that were saved, a half a million were saved in retirement homes. So let me tell you just quickly some of the testimonies. So one of the, one of the ladies walks into a, a sister living home, and there's a lady, 83 years old, curled up in a fetal position, and she's lying there. She's groaning. She's dying. She hasn't eaten in two weeks. The doctor said there's nothing we can do for her. She has no family. She's just lying there. She's lying like this. <gasps> <gasps> and... The soul winner said to the nurse, can I talk to her? The lady says, she's non-responsive. She'll probably be dead in the next hour or two. The soul winner was persistent, said, listen, I have to talk to her. Please, can I speak with her? They said, look, she doesn't even respond to us. She's dying, leave her. She said, no, I have to speak to her. So finally she acquiesced, said, okay, go. She went in there, she shook the lady, because we tell them, shake them and wake them. They're not sleeping because they're tired, they're dying. She shook the lady. the lady. Open her eyes and look in the soul winner's eyes, and she said, My soul is lost. My soul. She knew she was dying, and there was no one to help her. But the soul winner said, Your soul will not be lost anymore. Let her to Jesus, went out, went to the next room, prayed with somebody, prayed with the next room, come right back. And there's a sheep covered the bed. They snatched her right from the jaws of hell. I can just picture, yeah, I can just picture the demons that were assigned to this woman's life, that had been working on her for 83 years, that had come to collect her soul, and they show up back, and there's nothing. They got no woman. And, and the devil is like Ira, how did you lose her? <laughs> and they said, we had her, we had her, but those people came from that upper room, and they were drinking the new wine, and they wouldn't take no for an answer, and they snatched her out of our hands. We have so many testimonies <laughs> that you're going to think, I'll make stuff up. I'm not making it up. It's, it's the wildest stuff out of, what, 19 million plus souls. There's millions of testimonies that if you heard individuals testify, people that knock on doors go, knock on the door, and they stand. They won't leave the door. They just feel, I need to stay there. Three minutes later, the door opens. What do you want? Has anyone ever told you that God loves you? has a great plan for your life. If you die today, where would you spend eternity? And the guy drops his head. He said, I was actually in the back room. I had a gun to my head. And I was saying, God, if you're real, if, if, if you are real, knock, knock, knock. <laughs> and we got, <laughs> that goes on and on. So, there, there's, I walked, me, I went into a retirement home and I saw a sign that said, Alzheimer's unit. So, I thought, I'm going to go in there. I want to see if I can reach somebody. Because, you know, when people have Alzheimer's, they don't even know who they are. And most people think I don't know who I am, so I think I could reach those people. (laughs) So, I walk into this Alzheimer's unit. I was not ready for what happened. I was not ready for what happened. I walk in and a little lady looked at me and she said, Frank. (laughs) She said, Frank, my son, you've come to see me. And I was thinking, I'm going to say, no, I'm not Frank. I'm not your son, you know, because she thinks I'm her son. I'm in trouble. And I heard the Lord say, today, you're frank. And I thought about all the times when I said, let me be frank with you. So I looked at her and I said, mom, I'm so happy to see you. She flung her arms around me. She kissed me on the cheek. And she snapped out of dementia. I talked with her. I prayed with her. She accepted Jesus. And then she went off into a distance. And I knew she'd flip back over. And I walked out there. And I will see her on the other side. Listen, there's people that you'll meet that'll be in a coma. Preach to them. Talk to them. Pray with them. Lead them to Jesus. They can hear you. They can hear you. It's so imperative. Let's, let's win the lost. At any cost, let God use you. There's people that you're going to win to Jesus that no one else will ever lead to Jesus. How do you know that if you lead somebody to Jesus, that that person doesn't become the next person that shakes a whole realm? And it'll all come to your credit. And you get to heaven, and you depend. <laughs> people don't know how God does his accounting. It's totally different to the way your accountant does your accounting. God operates differently. You could impact one person that impacts millions of people. And some of what you will see, you only get to heaven and realize what happened. When lost, did you personally lead someone to Jesus? When last did you, you personally lead someone to Jesus? And somebody said, I don't even know how to. I'm so glad you said that. I'm going to tell you how to do that right now. We have a called a gospel script. I want the ushers to hand them out. And they're on our website. You can print them out. They're copyright, so copy them, right? They're free. <laughs> you can put your name on it. I don't care. You don't have to tell people where you got it from. This is a simple guideline to help you lead someone to Jesus. Do not memorize it, read it, because when you read it, you take the emphasis off of a confrontation and you bring it down to a message. 90% of the time people say, can I have that prayer that you prayed so I can go pray with somebody else? This works, it does work. It will not work for a religious person because a religious person is too arrogant to read it because they think I know how to lead people to Christ. Okay, so how many of you have been leading to Christ? None. So if you shut up and read it, <laughs> okay? We've gone to churches where the top soul winners go out and can't lead anybody, and first-time people are leading 30 people an hour to Jesus. This works. It does work if you'll just use it. It's like a loaded gun. It will work. Now, let me say this. The first two questions, and Pastor Eric can come stand here with me. Let me just say this. The first two questions, just look at me. Listen to me carefully. You'll get to read it now. The first two questions, has anyone ever told you that God loves you and has a great plan for your life. And if you die today, we'll spend eternity. Right at that juncture, a person can cut you off. And in your mind, you could think, I've been rejected and this is not real. But let me tell you one of our soul winners walked up to a man at a bus stop, bus stop, and he was dressed in a suit, had his briefcase, and she asked the questions, first the questions. And he froze and the blood drained from his face. He said, yes, two days ago, someone asked me the question and I cussed them out and swore at them and said, get away from me. But he said, I've not been able to sleep for two nights and I'm very concerned about my soul. And then she led him to the Lord. So the person two days before probably left there going, I'm a total failure. I can't lead anybody to Jesus. But she actually was under the anointing, and she sapped him, and she tagged him, and then the Lord worked him over for two nights. He, You know, you are you with me? So don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's so simple. It's so simple. And I believe coming out of this morning service is going to be Hundreds of thousands of people are going to be saved because of you. Because of you. I thought I'd get a bit more response. So let's get the instruction. And we've got them here. We have them in Afrikaans, we've got them in Toza, we've got them in Zulu. On the website, you can pull them down, Pastor
3: Eric. We'll get you one if you don't have one. If you want one in Afrikaans, uh, we did bring it with us. You can raise two hands. We'll give you one in Afrikaans so you have it. Okay, there's a few hands. Okay, if you put two hands up and Keep praise them up. God at the same time, they'll come by and give them to you. And then I'll just roll right in this. So two hands up if you want it in Afrikaans. We call this method, if you want to name, power evangelism because of the message you just heard. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you shall be witnesses. So the reason that this tool works is because the gospel's in it and the gospel's the power of God. A couple more scriptures, Romans 1:16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation everyone that believes. So what does that mean? That means whether you're having a good hair day, bad hair day, you think you're too tall, too short, too white, too, too, too dark, too light, too skinny, too fat, whatever. It doesn't matter. God is going to use you. The gospel will work. Can you say amen? So the gospel is the power of God. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, 7, i have not given you a spirit of fear but of power. There it is again. So you could be scared. Do it scared. Your knees could have fellowship one with the other and the spit dry up in your mouth and the gospel is still the power of God. Hello. So I'm not a, I'm, the Lord's not giving me a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. Can you say Amen. And then you can ask the Lord for souls. Somebody said, really? You can actually use your faith for souls. We tell people, set a soul goal. I mean, if you want religious people to manifest, they'll manifest on that one. Soul goal? What do you... But you have a goal for a new car, a new house, a raise, and all these other things, so you can use your faith for souls. The Bible says in Psalm 2-8, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen as an inheritance, the uttermost parts of the world as a possession. This ministry has a soul goal of 100 million souls. When Their daughter went home to be with the Lord. They vowed 100 million souls. The devil's going to pay. And we're at 24.5 million souls right now. So you have to set a personal soul goal. You know what a good soul goal is? One. Because all heaven rejoices over one. So if you've never let anybody, Lord, your first soul goal has to be one. Then as a family, then as a church, then you set a soul goal. Can you say amen? And then the last scripture Is The Bible says in Romans 2, 4, the goodness of God leads people to repentance. I'm not giving my whole testimony, but I never went to church, and I know I was not saved in church. I didn't go to church. I wasn't raised in church. So I had a man witness to me for many years, but listen close to me. The goodness of God leads people to repentance. I drank up to a case of beer a day. I was in the wrong crowds. I'm not proud of that. But you couldn't come up to me and say, boy, you're drinking, you're drinking, you're getting drunk every night. You're going to hell I tell you to go to hell. Hello. So the goodness of God, but I had a man witness to me that told me how good God was. The goodness of God leads people to repentance. So this is key. Your job is not to convict. The Holy Spirit convicts. Your job is to proclaim. Your, God, your, your job is to, is to preach the good news. So don't tell people how bad they are. You're going to hell. Look what you're doing. Don't do that because that means you're better than them. No, the goodness of God leads people to repentance. So when we do this method right here, the Holy Spirit convicts people of their sin. We were in a restaurant last night. I witnessed to a guy, and he and he ends up getting saved. It was powerful. He was a waiter. But then he kept saying, I was feeling so guilty. I didn't know what to do. I felt all this guilt. I had all these questions. I didn't know what to do. And we led him to the Lord, and he got very excited and said, I have to do something now. I have to do something now. So this works because the gospel is the power of God. So all we're going to do is read this. We're going to have some fun and just read this. Someone said, I can't just read it. You can't lead someone to the Lord just reading it. Well, Jesus opened a scroll and read it. So we're just going to read it. And then it puts all the attention on the message. I'm going to get CJ to help me real quick. CJ, and for illustration purposes, we're just going to have a little fun. Obviously, CJ is a great man of God. Come on over here, CJ. But for illustration purposes, we work together. So I'm going to show you how to lead someone to the Lord very simply, okay? So me and CJ work together, we're in, the rug, we're in rugby business, we're in marketing and advertising for the World Cup. Who thinks that's important? I think so. So we, we, we're marketing and sales and we're going to go on lunch break and we work together. So you understand I'm just role playing here. So all you have to do is read it. And once again, this works because when you speak, they're going to see Jesus in your eyes, they're going to feel Jesus in your touch, and they're going to hear Jesus in your words. Amen? So now we're working together, and I'm like, hey, CJ, let's go get a bite. Let's go get something to eat. So we go out pie, to lunch. meat pie. <laughs> a meat pie, absolutely. Pepper steak. And uh, <laughs> we're going out to get some meat pies, and we're going out to have lunch. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit them with this. So we're friends, and then I just read it to them. So we're out going to get lunch, and I'll say, has anybody ever told you that God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life? No. Okay? i <laughs> There you go. You only got two answers, right? Yes and no. Okay. <laughs> I have a real quick but important question. And you guys read along as I go along because I'm reading it on purpose. You don't need to memorize it. I'm reading it on purpose. And, and I'm letting him look at it right now because all the, uh, all the uh, focus is on the message right here. I have a real quick but important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven? Yeah. Okay, and it says, "What do you say?" It says, "Great." Why we say yes? Okay. Well, great. Why would you say yes? I'm a lacka guy. <laughs> lacka, lacka. Okay, he's a, he's a lack of, He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Okay. Number one answer in the world is I'm a good person. Just so you know. Number one answer in the world is I'm a good person. But I want you guys to understand something. CJ is a good person not based on a sinless Jesus. In his eyes, Jesus uh, CJ is a good person compared to the evening news. He's not robbing people. He's not killing people. He's not blowing. He's not, you know, blowing places up. So to him, he's a lacka lacka. You know, he's a lacka guy. You know, he's a good guy, right? Okay. So, (laughs) you guys can tell I'm not from here, right? So, anyways, okay. (laughs) So, anyways, the gospel will work no matter where you're from. Amen. So he said, "Yes, I'm a good person." Listen very close. I don't care if he said I'm an atheist. No, no matter what he says, I continue with the gospel, soul and the script, unless he says something like, do you know for sure, yes, why? I'm saved. I'm born again. I've asked Jesus Christ into my heart as my Lord and Savior. That's the right answer. Hello. Do, who believes the gospel is the power of God for an atheist? Yeah, amen. The gospel is still the power of God. So God's going to do something. Amen? So you just continue. So now he's a good person. He treats people good. He believes he's going to go to heaven. Here we go. Um, Let me quickly share with you what the Holy Bible reads. Now, it's going to be three verses, the Gospels of the Power of God. It reads, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible also reads, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever. Of course you are. Yeah. We all are. Turn your gospel script over. I want to say this to everybody. This is very important. CJ might be like, hey, where's the meat pie? You know, he might even be acting like nothing's happening. And you heard Dr. Ronnie's testimony with a businessman. Listen very close to me. What you have to understand is the God the Holy Spirit is working on his heart as the scriptures are being shared to him. He could be acting like he's got it all together or whatever. The whole, God, the Holy Spirit is working on him. And then in Hebrews it says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth for those that shall be heirs of salvation? So people have angels assigned to them. So I believe, and this is a big guy here, but I believe two 10 foot angels are smacking him in the head saying, Listen to this guy. And then what about mama, grandma, great-grandmother, prayer for their sons and their and their grandsons to get saved? How about mama's prayer hitting him right now? So what you have to understand is a lot is happening, and you're scared. The spit's dried up in your mouth. Your knees are bouncing together. You're afraid you're you're going to read it right, but God can still use you. Are you with me? So now I turn the card over, and it says, I'm going to say a quick prayer for you. It didn't say can I pray for you? Do you have 30 minutes? It did not say that. Just follow it. Who believes God still answers prayers? Well, listen close to the prayer and we're going to believe God's going to answer it. Okay. You know, CJ, I'm going to say a quick prayer for you. Lord bless CJ and his family with long and healthy lives. Jesus, make yourself real to him and do a quick work in his heart. If CJ has not received Jesus Christ as his Lord and savior, I pray he'll do so now. Man, I just prayed this guy's going to get saved right now. Now the gospel in a simple message has been preached to him. Now it's CJ's decision whether he calls upon the name of the Lord or not. Are you guys with me? So then I go on. I say, CJ, if you would like to receive the gift that God has for you today, say this after me with your heart and your lips out loud. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Set me free, Jesus. Set me free, Jesus. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you died for me. I believe that you're risen from the dead. I believe that you're risen from the dead. And that you're coming back again for me. And that you're coming back again for me. Fill me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit. Give me a passion. Give me a passion for the lost. For the lost. A hunger. A hunger for the things of God. For the things of God. And a holy boldness. And a holy boldness to preach the gospel. To preach the gospel of Jesus. Jesus of Christ. Jesus Christ. I'm saved. I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm born again. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. And I'm on my way to heaven. I'm on my way to heaven. Because I have Jesus. Because I have Jesus. In my heart. In my heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Eric. Hey, my friend. Listen, now I say this next part. It's italicized. As a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I tell you today, all your sins are forgiven. Remember to run to God and not from God because he loves you and he has a great plan for your life. And then, listen, I know this was quick. If you can spend an hour with a person, spend an hour with a person. If you got three minutes, you got three minutes. But we have a relationship because we work together. You guys understand that? So now I'm going to go to the next step. Listen, man, the Lord's really put you on my heart. I know you're a tough guy and everything, but God's really got your number. And I go to a church right here, Choose Life Church. Pastor John is awesome. The church is powerful. And as a personal, uh, as a personal favor to me, I'd love to invite you and your wife, and your kids, just to come one time, just one time, with me, and I want to introduce you to the pastors and some friends, and I believe the Lord's got your, your number, and, and He's going to do a work in your life. Could you commit to just one time coming with me, and they have two services on Sunday morning, they have a eight, eight. and a ten, yeah. and you could pick which one, whichever one I'll be with yet. Could you at. Could you do that? I could. Can you shake my hand on it? Yes. And CJ, you're a man of your word, aren't you? <laughs> yes. No, I'm going to close. I'm going to close, guys, I'm, because the Bible says compel the lost and dying to come in. I'm, I'm going to go for it, okay, because I care about his eternal salvation. You're going to do it this I Sunday. I will. For sure, for sure. Yes, sir. Okay. Listen, that's great. Well, and then, listen, this is key. And then I'm going to bring him to church, start getting him plugged in into life groups or cell groups or whatever, you, you know, life groups, I believe it is here, and get him in my life group. But... This is key, what I say now. When he gets led to the Lord, I immediately must turn him into a soul winner. Like the guy that we led in the restaurant to the Lord, he kept saying, I got to do something. This was his words. We, Pastor Ronnie was saying, what do you feel has happened? He felt peace and a weight lifted off of him. And he goes, I just have to do something. I have to do something. And then Pastor Ronnie said, yeah, you got to go tell all your friends. So now I'm immediately going to take CJ before he goes through new believers class or anything. I'm going to say, CJ, who do you know that needs the peace of God that you have? Who do you know that doesn't know for sure they're going to heaven? And then I help him. I teach him. You just do what I did. I teach him how to win souls. The next thing you know, CJ leads four, five, six people to the Lord. And they think, hey, when you get saved, you're supposed to, like, tell people about Jesus. I know that's a crazy idea. Right? And then next thing you know, these guys lead these people, Lord. And the next thing you know, you got 10, 20, 30, 40 new people in church. And they think that you're supposed to get saved outside church and then bring people to church. You see, it changes. What a novel idea. Yeah, it's a crazy idea. You know, like go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. One of those things, right? And then so you become a soul winner. We, we have a few sayings. We say soul winning is not a program. It's a passion. Soul winning is not an event like Dr. Rodney's coming today. It's a lifestyle and souls are the currency of eternity. As Dr. Ronnie said in his message today, you have an anointing for an assignment. And want me to tell you what your assignment is? Your realm of influence, your neighborhood, your workplace, your family. And God is going to use you. Then as you start to witness what will happen is fear will go and boldness will come. Next thing you know, gifts of the Spirit will start to flow. You just prayed for them and led them to the Lord, and the Lord will give you a word of knowledge. Let me ask just a quick
0: Question, how many of you coming out of the service today will commit that from now until the day that Jesus comes, you're going to tell at least one person today about Jesus, baby? Come on. Uh, And you watch what God's going to do.
3: So then who believes? Now who's willing to step out? Because faith without works is dead. Who's willing to step out and believe? By next Sunday, not only could you lead someone to the Lord, but you could make a disciple and have them in church. Who has enough faith for one soul? Who believes that God will put that person in your path? Not only will you lead them to the Lord, but you'll invite them just like I invited CJ. Who believes you could do that? By next Sunday, the God that created heaven and earth could give you one soul. Now, I do notice Pastor John is going to have a special meeting here
0: Thursday night, 730 right here. all those that feel God dropped on you a passion for souls, it might be for hospitals, it might be for prisons, it might be for military bases, it might be for business, whatever. How many feel like God's dropped on something on your spirit while this service was going on today? Wave your hand. Wave your hand. If you can be here Thursday night with Pastor John at 7.30, because then you're going to be mobilized so that everyone's going to be given their assignment. But the assignment's going to come from you. I can't take somebody that doesn't feel a passion for something and tell them to go do that. So I find out what their passion is and then turn them loose. I feel hospitals. Okay, then I need you in hospitals. I feel retirement. I need you there. I feel military. I want to reach them. That's what you're going to do. I feel business people. That's your assignment. Everybody must be turned loose to their assignment. Kids, schools, primary schools, high schools, universities your assignment, your sphere of influence. Amen? Amen. This is what we're doing in 300 cities. Keep us in your prayer. We've got a bunch of cities to get to before 2020 ends. We love you. Thank you for opening the door. And there's water baptism for anybody who wants to get baptized in water today. Pastor, we love you. Let's give them a hand. God bless you, and have a wonderful afternoon. If you want to be
1: baptized, you can go through to the Bayabab Hall. They're going to be doing baptisms in 20 minutes. God bless you, and uh, don't forget, reach that soul. God bless.